Well, hello. I'm Amelia Myers. I'm Jason Rosenwalk. And, and this, this is, is Married to Hollywood. Hollywood. Where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly. About being married to each other. And the industry. So I didn't do it that time. I'm just letting you do it. Yes, yes. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How you doing? I'm, I'm getting better. Yeah. It, yeah. It's congested in that. Yeah, as a result of being not taking the ta- uh, NyQuil last night, um, I didn't sleep as well because, yeah. well, one, NyQuil helps you sleep, and two, I was so <laughs> congested that uh, I wasn't breathing well yeah. all night. So That's one of the work. worst parts of the cold as it's on the way out is you just, you can't breathe yeah. and you can't rest. That is when Afrin comes into play. So tonight, yeah, remember to take that Afrin. Yeah. Um, you can't take it for more than 72 hours or it has the adverse effect and it goes the other way. But it is a lifesaver yeah. as far as, you know, when you need to breathe. So do that tonight, which is which That's is good. the plan. How'd your scene go last night? It went really well. Yeah. Yay. Uh, one more scene left uh, working on Dexter. It's actually very funny because he comes up to the office with a massive butcher knife and I'm like, can I help you? Did I take that? I don't think you I did took not. that. You did not. It's right there. <laughs> I didn't, didn't take that back <laughs> It's still stairs. sitting in the office. I'm like, that's a very large it's knife. It's not a butcher knife. It's a kitchen knife. It's... It's a kitchen knife. It's not a butcher. Okay, knife. it's not. It's not. It's not the rectangle. It's one of those really big. You know, they have like serrated kitchen knives, but mm-hmm. then they have the ones with the really thick curved blade. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. Yeah, so it's a kitchen knife. No, but there's a specific name for it. I know. I don't know that specific <laughs> one. <laughs> it could do some damage. Well, yeah. It well, could, any it knife could, could do, do damage. Some it mega, could do mega damage. damage. That's true. That's true. Go for somebody's eyes. How's everything? Ew. How's everything else? That's a horrible visual. Sorry. Going for someone's eyes with a spoon. <laughs> oh, no. Now I like see it in my... Yeah, well, uh, that was, Someone's just gouging out someone's just, eye. Well, you didn't have to say it. Well, now I see I see it playing oh. out in my head like you right see now. It? I Solid do. Solid pun. Um, but don't ching. <laughs> uh, other than that, you know, things are good. Things are good. You? Good. It's It's been a pretty good week. Um, uh, medically speaking... Ups and downs. There were some ups and downs. I unfortunately failed that one-hour glucose test... Um, to, to screen yeah. if you're developing gestational diabetes. The normal, the top of the normal range is 135 to 140, and I came back at a 143. It's one of those tests you don't want to score high on. No, you don't. <laughs> the, you know, trying to be an overachiever and score high on a test does not work well in that scenario. But they said they see that number all the time where it's not. However, I then had to do the three-hour where you have to drink the stuff and get blood drawn every hour. For, you know, it was four blood tests because... That was this morning. That was. How are you holding up? I'm a little sore. I, you know, I have one good vein. You know, some people can just be like, take my blood. You have lots of good veins. You have one good vein to draw from. One good vein to draw from. <laughs> uh, and that's in my right my right arm. And this was going to be four different pricks over the course of the three hours. And I mentioned that to her. And if you're somewhere like a hospital, you know, they can do something like a pick line where it gets inserted and then you can just kind of take stuff out. But they don't do that at a place I don't like know why Quest they don't. Diagnostics or Lab Corp. They just don't do that. Maybe so, they just aren't trained on how to do it, so they don't, don't want to do know. it. Oh, yeah. Of maybe it's not reasons. a medical. Uh, maybe maybe the, they're just not rated to do it. They just don't have it. Yeah. So I go in and you had to take the blood test first. They had to do a draw first to see where you were and you had to fast. And one thing that's been, you know, a challenge with this pregnancy is I need to eat something the second I wake up. Like I've been doing that almond butter and little graham cracker sandwich mm-hmm. every morning. And the second I get up, like before I go get Lila and I'm like getting ready for the day, I eat it. 
I couldn't do that this morning. So I was feeling a little woozy, feeling a little weird. I couldn't take my prenatal. I couldn't take my anti-nausea med. So I was feeling... But you were up and at it this morning. I was very impressed. I, I was. It was like I had I had to be the... And that little video you left for Lila was very sweet. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it was much more perky than I would have been. At 6.30 6 in the morning. Than I am currently. But I... Uh, I go in and we had to do that. And then she was like, all right, drink this. Now, when I had to do the drink last week, and I think I mentioned this before, it was bright neon orange and tasted exactly like the McDonald's orange drink from when I was a kid. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. And I was able to drink it real fast and then had the thought of what was in that McDonald's drink. Well, this time it was a big bottle. It looked like water, except it wasn't. It was clear. (laughs) And it had a lemon lime. Think Ugh. of like, you know, when you were making jello as a kid and you put all the jello in the different containers and shapes that you're going to refrigerate it. And there's always yeah. that little tiny bit left that you call jello juice, or at least we call it jello juice. You and know. then you drink it. Okay. Well, there's always that little bit left. And that's what I would drink. And it was called the jello juice. This was the Ew. most potent, sweet, That also sicky, much sweet. better explains your text message. Oh, yeah, because I said that in the text message. Yeah. You probably didn't know what I was talking about. I was just about. like, okay. <laughs> jello juice. The most potent, sicky sweet version of a lemon lime jello juice is the only way I could describe this bottle of liquid I had to drink. So I have the first few sips and was like, hopefully. And I look at the lady and went, How fast do I have to drink this? And she goes, As fast as you can. And I went, All right, all right. And so with every chug, she was like, You can do it. <laughs> I got it down. And then you had to do a blood draw an hour for the next three hours after that. And I'm a little, I'm a little sore. We had to go into the same arm twice on both sides. Um, so that was, was a little sore. But you know what? It'll be worth it. Hopefully it's negative. And we just better safe than sorry. My mom had it with Zachary. And so we just have to double check. But hopefully it's not that. And now I'm here with you. And then I teach. And when I got home, oh my gosh, Lila was so excited. She went, you're here. She came running and leapt into my arms. Like she knocked me over. Hugs and kisses galore. And then she goes, what happened to your arms? And I said, (laughs) I had to, I was at the doctor. I had to have a blood test. And so they put this on it to help it feel better. She says, does it hurt? I said a little bit, but it'll feel better soon. And then she leaned down and she kissed one arm and took my other arm and kissed the other arm and she went is it better now and i said it's so much better now thank you so so much sweetie it was so cute then she went come play with me so for an hour i got to play with her and we were doing all kinds of things she was fun this morning she helped me make my protein shake yeah Yeah, you guys made a smoothie together yeah she told me about it we just hung out that's so cute yeah she's and then she helped me put together her water table which is really cute that's adorable that's adorable. Yeah. She's finally doing better. She's she's herself again. This this virus really kind of took it out of her, but yeah. she's and now she's it's doing mine. Much better. Yay! And now it's yours. I think you caught the cold part of it. Yeah. No, I, uh, my tummy's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that was that was good. The rest of the week, you know, was really a bunch of mom stuff. Uh, I did start with a new voice student this week. Congratulations! Which was great. Thank you. Um. I'm really enjoying the bold type. I'm halfway through season three, and cool. it's it's a lot of fun. We watched, well, I saw the first hour of it, and then I conked out. But uh, The Suicide Squad? Yeah. What did you think? What I saw that I really Suicide liked. Squad? Um, it, was, it was much better than Suicide Squad that came out in 2016. It was. Um, appropriate to the format and to James Gunn, the movie's kind of a mess. <laughs> like, like... 
It's kind of all over the place. Tonally, it's a little bit uneven, but it's really well acted. It's really fun. It's what a comic book movie should be. What it should be. Um, yeah. It's appropriately... Um, like, th- there's some thematic themes, like being critical of uh, American colonialism and stuff like that. And how, like, it's always like America kind of inserting itself in other people's problems. And mm-hmm. it, th- there's some themes of that. Um, but overall, it's just a really well made movie. Um, Daniela Melchior, who plays Ratcatcher 2, she is. Oh, I liked her. The heart and soul of the movie. Yeah. I really liked her and, when I saw her. Yeah, she I was enjoyed. just great. Um, her work. Like, all the actors were incredibly consistent, incredibly well done. Uh, John Cena, I thought... um, He was funny. It's the best John Cena performance I've seen yet. Um, And considering how much more run he's getting everywhere, like, he's getting a TV show for that character. Is he really? Yeah. Uh, That James Gunn's also writing and directing, I think, five episodes of. Oh, wow. Um Way to go, John Cena. And it's just... Is he officially retiring WWE? No, he's he's currently... doing The Rock's... Trajectory and going into like being a uh, movie star. Nobody or? can do the Rock's trajectory, unfortunately. That's not well, a thing. I, okay, that no one can touch the Rock. I just meant leaving WWE and becoming a movie star. Uh, I mean, yeah, but he he's doing what the Rock did at the um, beginning of the Rock's acting career, where he's still coming back in moonlighting and occasionally. So he is still occasionally. Yeah, like he's uh, he's doing SummerSlam. Oh, he is. Yeah, he'll be. He's doing a big fight in. Two- Isn't that? Two weeks. I was gonna say your birthday is right around or the corner, week? so it's got to be like right yeah, around next, now. I think it's this Sunday or next Sunday. It's it, it's him and uh, um oh dude, your boyfriend Roman. Hey. Um, we have, we have to watch that. <laughs> I mean, have to random little insert yeah. story just because it's so funny for Jason's birthday. Gosh, was this seven six years, years ago? ago? Six, six seven, seven years, years ago. ago already. I wanted to do something super special for him, and he loves WWE and all of these things. Professional and, wrestling. Professional wrestling. And SummerSlam was happening at the Staples Center. And I had gotten the tickets like two months in advance. And I was like, this is going to be so great. I'm going to get him floor seats right up in the action. Then I saw the prices of those tickets and went, ha ha. (laughs) And we were, no joke, third from the last row, way up in the nosebleeds. Um, But I was so excited to give him this present. And I had this whole idea. I was going to present it to him the night before on like a silver platter when I was making him his birthday dinner at home kind of a thing. And then a few weeks before that, oh no, like a month before that, he was mentioning how he was already requesting days off. It was was, was June. It was like right when I got the tickets. You're right. It was June. Yeah. And he said, I was saying, all right, well for your birthday, if you want to take anything off, you got to let me know because we're already requesting days off for September. I went, wait, 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 you're requesting days off for September? He went, yeah. I went, you have to request off August 19th. And he goes, why? Because <laughs> his birthday's <laughs> August 20th. And I said, well, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. And my brother Ivan was in town visiting. And Jason has a knack. Since the second we got together, I think of these out-of-the-box, thoughtful gifts to really try to surprise him. And he manages to guess ruin it them. slash spoil Just it. Just ruin them. Ruin you can, them. You can say ruin Every time. <laughs> And I was like, he's not going to get this. This is going to be so great. So I said, you have to request off August 19th. He goes, why? And then he looks and he goes, August 19th, August. Oh, are we going to <laughs> SummerSlam? And Ivan was right there. He was walking out of the kitchen and he looked at me and I looked at him. I went, why do you know that date off at the top of your head? And he got so excited. And I was so excited for your excitement. It was but also, also so sad <laughs> that two months ahead of time, he had just spoiled his birthday present. Um, but that was quite a 
quite yeah, an event. It what's was in, fun. What's interesting to think that about was Cena and uh, Lesnar. And Lesnar, was, when it was like the bam, the bam, when he just kept, uh, what, what's had, the Lesnar's move? Well, that was a belly to back suplex where he did it. And in, he did it to Cena over like 16 and times. over and over again. He also broke his nose. He, he, did he broke during Cena's, that match. Yeah, because he, he, really, he threw a really stiff knee um, and Cena wasn't able to catch it. Um, oh, oh. But what's actually funny about that is now. So they're finally to take a tour. I guess, I mean, professional wrestling is entertainment, so that's Hollywood adjacent. Hollywood adjacent. Um, So they finally wrote Roman as a um, heel. Yeah. And they're going hard with him as a heel. So he came back. Cancer's gone in um, real life. And he's back. And now they're doing the heel turn. I mean, they've been pushing him hard for a heel turn since, like, for the last four or five months. He's a sexy, sexy villain. Well, he... um, He gave up the belt going into COVID, going into that first WrestleMania. He had to step away for his health because he oh. couldn't do the events because... He um, was going through chemo. Yeah. Well, no, not that. COVID. <gasps> oh, because of COVID and he was yeah, early he was in just, remission. Yeah, he was just... He was really... Yeah, he would yeah, have been yeah. endangering himself yeah, and absolutely. his family. And so um, he comes back and he basically... He comes back as a heel. Like, they don't even bother, like, building it up. They just he have just him come back, back as a heel. Wow. And it's great. And John Cena is basically coming back as a part-timer and they're calling it out in a really interesting way because Cena typically gets booed when he comes out because big match John just buries people, which in that industry means (laughs) that Cena lays down for almost nobody. Yeah. He never puts anybody over, which means lose. Um, and as a result, he's buried a lot of people's pushes, which in that industry, that means like the um, they're writing for you and they're trying to make you a bigger hero. As a result, you've gotten a lot of top talent just not get pushed into that main event scene and not get promoted the way they should. Um, and this was the first time where Cena's getting cheered and he called it out in his first promo. He's like, wow, it's, I'm used to getting booed when I come wow. out. This is great. Because they were booing Roman? They're booing Roman because wow. he's doing such. He's getting such good heat as a heel. But they're also making Cena kind of an like, anti-face. Like He's always a face. But they're making him uh, an interesting way. Roman, face, face means hero. Good guy. Yeah. Good guy. And he's, um, they're, <laughs> they're calling out the fact that he's a Hollywood guy. Are they really? Yeah, and it's interesting. <laughs> it's like, well, you, one of the reasons why he's doing SummerSlam is because Suicide Squad came out. Right, so he can promote <laughs> then, Suicide Squad exactly. at the same time. The only reason. Are Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose still around, or have they Dean kind Ambrose of, um, is now going... Dean. Well, yeah, it's because he's on AEW. He left. He, oh. He's a different... He's in the, the rival promotion. Um, oh, Seth is oh. Seth is mid-carding. Um, they don't know what to do with Seth. He's like... Seth and Roman are the best things because the have two going. of them, right? And they used to be, yeah. and they're they're homegrown, so they're wow. the, they're going to hold on to them for as long as possible. But okay, the, but the the issue is, is um, professional wrestling, much like soap operas, you've got certain types of scripts, you've got yeah. certain types of stories story that you lines. cycle through, yeah. And if you don't push um, new characters into those stories, younger characters for the audience, newer characters for the audience, you you tend not to gain new audience or you burn out established audience members mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. move on to see other things. And then they get excited when a big one comes back or when... But it's temporary. Right. And then they realize right. that, oh, wait, they're just writing them the same way they've always written them. And one of the interesting things that WWE is really struggling with is 
they need to let their talent be their talent. Yeah. I, Vince McMahon gets so excited to bring back a 50-year-old when he should just be pushing hard on these you know, 30-year-olds. Right. And he's got, right. he's got some 20-year-olds who are crazy talented. Yeah, I mean, you and I used to watch it all the time yeah. when we first got together. I mean, you loved it, and I got into it with you. But I hadn't seen it in a really long time. And you had it on the other day, and I didn't recognize a single wrestler on the screen. I was like, who are these people? Where, well, and where they are just the did people? a huge firing. Did a they? huge purge, yeah. Wow. It's, what about the divas? Are the, are the girls still? They're not divas. It's the women's division. Get it right. Sorry, they'll, they'll always put be some divas respect in my on, heart. Put some respect the women's on their division. Names. But like, it, Charlotte will always be there. Charlotte, Natty. Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte's there. Natty's there. Sasha just came back from an injury. Um, she's in the I main like event Sasha. scene. She's she's got a heel run right now. Uh, the Bella Twins are talking about a comeback. Their little boys just turned one. Happy birthday to Buddy and Mateo. Um, I would be interested in them coming back in a like mentor um, kind of hype Like not going for the title? No, I don't think... I, I think they've got enough good female young talent that they don't that need they the don't Bellas. they don't need the Bellas to come... They could use the Bellas to like, you know, push somebody. The hype, the hype yeah, women yeah. and really to helping someone. To like be someone. part of somebody's push, but not... Maybe they'll do that. Well, especially so with Nikki's... Oh, especially with Nikki's injuries and things that she's gone through. Um, but yeah, the Excuse two of them... Me. You are excused. But the the two of them talk about twins, it's just like parallel things. They had their baby boys one day apart. I think Brie, uh, Bella, uh, Nikki gave birth first, July thirty first last year, and then Brie was on August first. And it's it's been amazing as a mom and as a fan of theirs and pregnant again, watching them on Instagram and their different. I, I never got into their show. They had the the Bella. The uh, spinoff, but oh, I, I never, totally I never really Bellas or something like that, or Absolute Bellas, to, uh, Total Bellas. I think that's it. Yeah, I never really watched that, but I do enjoy seeing them. A po- body positivity, the especially Nikki getting back into shape after having the baby and being like, "Whoa, this is different than what I thought." And you have to lean into being a mother and all yeah. of these different things. And I just, I'm really loving that they are normalizing it. Because there is so much, especially in our industry, have the baby and four weeks later get back in your size zero gown and walk a red carpet or put on a bikini and do a shoot. And I just don't that know pressure how that's is so insane in our industry. And I certainly felt it after Lila. And I did get back in shape real quick, but we'll see what happens this time. But it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm very thankful that they're trying to normalize it more. Not just the Bellas. I mean, it's happening kind of all around Hollywood. Well, Becky, I think Becky and Seth just had their kid. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins either just announced their pregnancy or they just had Seth their kid. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are together? Yeah, they're married. <gasps> I missed that. I totally <laughs> missed that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, and they're having a baby. Or had. Or just had a baby. Yeah, that kid's going to have some guys. crazy genetics. Yeah, holy cow. That's Very athletic whoa. child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Do you, have you watched anything else this week? Uh, I just watched before we hopped on here um, the new Marvel series "What If" on um, on Disney Plus. How is it? It's really good. So, one of the cool things about Disney Plus Marvel Studios, from a geek nerd perspective, is now they get to tell all the like side stories, or mm-hmm. like in this case, the show is "What If," like all the "What If" stories, and the first episode is. What if Peggy got the serum as opposed to Steve? I saw a headline article about that. I saw the artwork. How was it? It's really good. And she's going to be the largest recurring character um, in the series. Good for her. And it's 
it's cool. It's going to be really interesting. I think they're exploring, now that they have a multiverse really established via Loki, they're going to be exploring it. I'm sorry, my throat. Oh, babe, no worries. I do that. That is something you were so excited about. And I'm I'm excited about too, even though I'm not a mega fan. What the multiverse does to open up different opportunities of shows and spinoffs, and they can really go into fun directions. Now, do you think with the multiverse, are they going to stick to the comics aspects of the multiverse, or are they going to take artistic liberty and kind of build their own multiverse for um, television? They're going to kind of. Do everything. Yeah. Um, what's nice about using the show What If, and they've, they've already had a second season committed, is with the show What If, they can tell storylines that aren't necessarily going to be canonical to the movie universe. Excellent word. Um, and then... An SAT word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think now they have multiverse for the television shows um, that are going to be on the canon, and then for the movies, is it's going to allow them to tiptoe into certain things, kind of pay homage to certain things that um, prior to having ownership of Fox's rights, mm-hmm. they weren't able to pay homage to. They they would like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Now they can actually like include they them. They can truly do it. Um, That's neat. I think it'll allow them, the multiverse will allow them to incorporate the Fox universe, will allow them to incorporate previous iterations of the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, like acknowledging them. Um, and not like... Not that I want Hugh Jackman back in any way, but... Although he can always come back. He shouldn't, though. And that to acknowledge that that version of Wolverine existed is important yeah. for cultural, within the within the culture of, uh, within pop culture. It's right. I think that that's more what I meant. But he he's old. He can stay. Um, it's... Can I put a slight interjection? Because yeah, I just sure. had a thought of it. Chris Evans was the original... Not the original. No, not the original. In the he was the Fox. He was the iteration before yeah, the Human Torch. The most current of the yeah. Human Torch, and he's Captain America. Well, Michael How? B. Michael B. Jordan was the Human Torch and was also Killmonger. Oh right, it happened to him too. Yeah. But I, I think of Chris Evans because you know, Captain America. Yeah. Um, would that be something as part of the multiverse? They'd be able to like play in some alternate dimension where they run into each other, but they're the same person, but they're different characters. I mean, they're gonna have like, that to. That could well, be kind like of fun. Like in WandaVision, it? you had um, what's his name, Evan Peters. Yeah. And he's like, they're gonna try to explain that. Like kind how of that ver- changed. Yeah. yeah. What What I'm really interested in is the comic book stories, and we've we've talked about this a bunch on this comic book stories, even pro wrestling. I like when they start telling stories mm-hmm. for, that are a little bit more complex, a little bit more personal, a little bit deeper. Yeah. And the spoonful of sugar is the pro wrestling and is the the glitz and glamour and explosions. And that's really cool to me because you have an opportunity to talk about, you know, um, post-colonial Africa for... Um, for a Black Panther and like the impact of white colonialism yeah. on that entire yeah. continent and what that does to the black and separately, but not entirely separate African identity. Oh, and wow. like, you can touch on things like that. You can talk about things like a woman's place in this world that's been dominated by men. Shang-Chi, right. you can, you can talk about the importance of the influence of Chinese culture on American culture and then vice versa. I mean, how American consumerism has changed the way that China is portrayed in the media. Like, you can do all of you these cool, of multi-leveled stories. Yeah. Like, yeah. what I want them to start doing, and they, they, they do it occasionally with the female wrestlers, is they'll have, like, um, a character that is 
uh, kayfabe gay. Like they're they're like uh, they're gay for the storyline, but mm-hmm. they're not like the character just isn't just gay. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking forward to them doing is just saying like, yeah, dude, that dude's a Muslim and he's from um, he's from Iran and he's not a bad guy. He right. just happens to be Muslim. That's just and where he's from. Persian, right? And that's okay, right? And 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 that's like that's what you need to really move the audience base forward. And yeah. I think that's one of those things that it, it's going to be hard because Vince McMahon is he's so like old school. He's like, very set in his ways, and he like he's a true huge Trumper. Yeah. Um, and that's one of those things that I really look forward to in media, and I really enjoy. Um, like that's the part of woke media that I like mm-hmm. is like this exposure to like, oh, hey, let's tell the story in a new creative way from a different perspective or let's tell the story that's needed to be told. Yeah. In just like an average Joe kind of a way. Like the story is different when it's told from a black perspective. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, I saw a really cool interview with Denzel. I don't know when the interview was from. Um, but it was with regards to the August Wilson series that he is producing. Mm-hmm. And the interviewer said, like, why was having a black director so important? And he goes, it's nothing to do with color. Denzel says this. It's, it's culture. He goes, you know, Steven Spielberg did Schindler's List. Martin Scorsese did Goodfellas. Could Steven Spielberg have done Goodfellas? Yeah. Could Scorsese have done Schindler's List? Of course. But it's culture. But it's culture. Then it goes on to explain some things that are like uniquely an African-American experience. And he goes, those smells, those sounds, those things, those are cultural touchstones Mm. that there's nothing to do with color. It's just that experience. Yeah. Like that you need a black director for those reasons. And I like that because I think it's one of those important things as we move forward and uh, woke is kind of a, a sword that cuts both ways. It's important for us to remember that these people, the people of color, women, um, people, LGBTQ community, um, minority religions, they haven't seen themselves represented as normal in media. Like, yeah. look, there's that hero who's just gay. And them right. being gay isn't like a defining character trait. They just happen to they also be gay. To be like you assume a character is straight Unless otherwise. What does it matter if their love life is not part of the story? Yeah. Yeah. And like letting that just be a thing and not like shoehorning it in or like, we're going to take this story and make it women like Ocean's 8 or the Ghostbusters from a few years back. Right. Like you've got these talented people. Let them be talented on screen together. Let them tell their story and then get directors, writers, actors that are underrepresented and show them to white people as normal Mm -hmm. and then to those people from the communities they represent they get to see then see themselves on screen and they get to feel seen and that's huge that is huge i love that one more multiverse question please please just one more i had overheard i'm going to blow my nose in the background of this it's gonna be blow your nose go right ahead i had overheard you listening to i don't know if it was a podcast or one of your youtube uh things that you watch about Marvel and all that stuff. That was gross. That's okay. I forgive you. Um, and they were talking about in Spider-Man Far From Home that's coming out soon. Yeah. With the multiverse, mm-hmm. is Toby going to make an appearance? Is Andrew going to make rumors. an appearance? Are they going to do it as themselves because they still want to be the Peter Parkers of the different universes, but now they're coming together somehow because of the multiverse? What do you? Because <laughs> I heard that and got very excited. I was like, how would they do that? 
well, that would be so, so cool. Alfred Molina's coming back as Doc Ock. But didn't he die? Yes, he did. That's what I thought. I, I heard that too and was like, but you, he died. You, you watch Loki, right? Yeah. So variants. Oh, right. So think about variants. So oh, okay, like, okay, okay. You were supposed to show up to work late. You turned right as opposed to left. Right. And as a result, you got pruned within yeah. Loki. With, with the so Loki now, world. So because time is a flat circle, everything that has happened, has all, everything that will happen or has happened is happening now. In one way or another. No, it's just happening. Oh, okay. All okay. at the same time. Because we don't perceive time the way it actually exists. That's true. We perceive time the way we move through it or the way time moves through us. Right. So that's the way they're dealing with that. Interesting. So okay. If something were to make Alfred Molina's Doc Ock and uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro end up crossing through mm-hmm. or existing in a different way, they'll end up in Tom Holland's universe. Or Tom Holland needs to go to uh, their universe because Doctor Strange is going to be in that. So you got a ben- Benedict Cumberbatch, oh, Jamie Foxx, Tom Holland, um, Zendaya, um, Alfred Molina, and then there's rumors that Toby, that Toby and, Kirsten, and, uh-huh. Toby, Kirsten, Andrew, Andrew, and Would Emma. No, Emma's dead. Well, but no, like Emma's, you just said, Emma's dead. Emma's dead. No, trust me, they don't want to open that back up. Well, that makes that too expensive too. Yeah, but if Doc Ock is dead and <laughs> Gwen Stacy is not a beloved enough character for them to bring back. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and like that version of Gwen Stacy. Nothing okay. no knocking on Emma Stone, but um I mean maybe. Maybe. I say that uh with such certainty just because of my own personal conviction, not because I know anything. <laughs> um but you've got a, a, an opportunity for uh, a live-action Spider-Verse, which is kind of, I think, the direction they're going. Yeah, that's kind of because Sony I was did wondering. so well with it, um, yeah. and because they have Morbius and Venom, let there be carnage coming up. So Venom, Venom is the anti-hero, right? Rival. I mean, I remember the Toby version of the of Venom. awful, awful. That's the, that's the one I remember. Okay, so Venom. And I know Venom. He also appeared. It was a different actor. They, there was a, there was another Venom at some point. No, no, not no, in the movies. No, not no, in the not movies. in the movies. Not in the no. movies. That was still um, Topher. Venom. Venom has been Tom Hardy for the last two movies. So there was the Venom movie ah, with Tom Hardy. Then aha, there's a new aha. Venom movie coming up, and they're. But Topher was before. Yeah, Topher was in the Sam Raimi. Was, That's the one I'm thinking. Was Toby? Of. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's confusing. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, I, I hate to you know bring this back, but that's why soap operas. You can pick up a soap opera at I, any point, at any and you point. can just figure out what's going on. Yep. That's one of the things Watch I like about pro, wrestling. pro on, wrestling. You know track. exactly what's going on. <laughs> yeah. What I want to see them do with all of these movies is tell these complex stories. Like they have an opportunity with Let There Be Carnage to talk about homelessness and the penal system in our country. I don't know if they will because Sony is the studio in charge of that, mm-hmm. as opposed to Marvel and Disney. So they won't give themselves as much latitude and they just want to try to make money because Sony is, I think, a failing studio as far as finances are concerned. And I, there That's were, hard to wrap your mind around because it's Sony. Has it been since the hack? Have they just had issues since the hack? Uh, they had issues before that. Um, they were just throwing too much money at um, Will Smith movies and uh, <laughs> were just losing money. Men in Black cost them a bunch of money. R.I.P.D. Will Smith, you're awesome though. R.I.P.D. cost them a bunch of and money. And we're birthday buddies. But yeah, it's um, Sony's not been doing really well. Um, uh-huh. also, um, because think every Columbia Pictures is a Sony movie. That's so, true. 
um, Ghostbusters to come back to it. Huge financial failure. The the one from a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. I'm excited for the new one. Me too. It looks good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited that they're going to tell the perspective of a female descendant of the of a main character who's discovering things anew. They're not just trying to rehash a story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited. Yeah. No, it's going to be really good. That'll be super fun. Or at least I hope it is. Um, changing subjects because of something else that happened this week. Um, I had to attend for Synetic Theater. Oh, yeah. Um, a sexual harassment seminar. It's a three-part series. I, I've completed the first two, and now the third one's going to be a 90-minute person. They, they haven't sent it yet. I'm like, they, it's, they need to send it. Well, it's fresh in your head. Well, it's fresh in my head. Because um, me being a test taker person, I've like, oh gosh, I must get everything right. Like, you know, when you do a seminar, you want to answer the questions like right away. It was really interesting, eye-opening and weird all at the same time because, and again, I'm so glad for change. And I think back of when I was first going into Hollywood and the stories I could tell you guys from, you know, 15 years ago and things that I let slide and didn't stand up for because that's just the way it was and you didn't want to risk getting fired from a job or you just want to be the yes actor so you get hired and things happen. They do. And they really are trying to make a push now. Yes, I think the Me Too movement opened the eyes, but it, it's even more than that and now it's spreading out even further. What does sexual harassment actually mean? What does it look like? What one person thinks is, one person may think not, but that doesn't negate that the other person thinks it is and what you can do about it and holding people more accountable. So it was very interesting hearing, they brought in a third party for the seminar last night. Uh, it was a two hour thing via Zoom. And the the topics that were brought up and the discussions that had, and then we were put into breakout rooms to talk about things. And it was it was eye-opening to see where some people are still completely close-minded to it and where others are like, yes, this is a real thing and how do we make our voices heard? And the biggest consensus, and it is something I brought up actually, was this is great that this is happening, but how can you actually feel safe in a space where something happens for your complaint or for whatever happened to actually be heard and acknowledged and respected on the higher tiers and then actually have something come out of it. And that's the gap still. But I think it's amazing that people are going, all right, if this happens, this is what you're supposed to do. If this happens, you're supposed to talk to this person and then it goes up. And I see this happening more and more in Hollywood too because the person running the seminar last night was an, uh, an intimacy coordinator director, mm -hmm. which is just becoming a real thing finally in Hollywood, which when you think of all of the sex scenes and nudities and... There should have been intimacy coordinators on set years and years and years ago, and now it's happening in the theater. I wonder if years and years and years ago, if that was more seen as like porn. Maybe. And as a result of those types of coaches being viewed as like a porn director. It wasn't a legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, that speaks you know, back but to may, the, maybe, it, maybe it, it, I think that speaks to the notion of like exploiting women's bodies and all kinds of other stuff. But as a result of sex being so taboo, yeah, we haven't talked about it enough. No, and therefore, when there are things that violate your comfort, mm -hmm. you're made to feel shame. Yes, because you shouldn't have been doing that because anyway. It's part of the job, right? Well, you, you, you one you shouldn't been you shouldn't have been doing that anyway. It's like what? Uh, I'm doing art. I should feel safe when I'm doing art. Yes. That, but your art is taboo. 
so it's, I should still feel are. safe when I I'm doing it. Safe. I just think, I mean, I think of all of the things and the stories personally, as well as just people I know. And now it's also like the seminar last night was very much split 50-50, female, male, person. Just it, like there were different examples going around. It really showed how we can be anyone to anything and, and what to do. And I just found it really, really fascinating. I'm very curious about this in-person one, though. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what... Uh, Have you already asked for an exemption due to your pregnancy? No, I need them to give the date first. Okay. Because um, if, if I can make it work, I'll try to make it work. No, I don't think you but should. I, I think you I should. I think I'm going to say, hey, guys, I'm seven, seven and a half months pregnant. I have a three-year-old. This is just... Is there a way like, I will attend, but can someone like hold up my phone in a chair? <laughs> just zoom, <laughs> just just zoom, zoom it in. in would be would be great and see if they will allow that. I'm sure they will just because, you know, I'm, I'm preggers. You play the card when you can. I am preggers. Play that card preggers, when you can. Preggers, man. Preggers. Uh, but that was a really, really interesting thing. And then there was one more Lila story I wanted to tell just because it was so, so funny. Lila is in the throes of potty training. Yes. She is doing Amazing. Great work. This is not an easy thing. No. We are not anywhere near the finish line yet. Not she even is close. doing such a great job. Well, camp ended almost two weeks ago, and school starts in a couple of weeks. And so we've been doing a, you know, a little play date here and a little play date there. So she had gotten sick last week, as you know, and I had set up a play date the week before for this past Monday for a little friend of hers, and they'd gotten really, really close. And the mom and I were both pregnant. We're both having little girls in the fall. And here is the story of how the play date went. Bear in mind, before I begin the story, this entire thing took place in about an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I was teaching until 4 o'clock. The play date was at 4.30. The house was 21 minutes away. I was like, okay, this is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Of course, I get downstairs. She won't sit on the potty to pee. And I'm trying to explain you need to sit on the potty and go pee-pee before we get in the car. You've never driven in a car sans diaper. Like, this is going to be a new experience for you. She would, didn't want to do it, and then she didn't want to put on her pants. And I was like, you know what? Pick and choose your battles. Fine. We'll just get in the car. Commando. It's okay. We get in the car. And I am the kind of person where on time is late, especially when it's something like a play date or I have opinions about you saying that, or but go ahead. It is different with my husband. He's the only one I run late for, legit. Everyone else knows Always. I'm 10 minutes early. Everyone else knows I'm 10 minutes early. Always. Oh, yeah. It just, it's just different with you. I'm, and I apologize, and I've always apologized for it. So I let <laughs> the mom know we're running a little bit late, but we are on the way. We had picked up basically extra large piddle pads from PetSmart to mm -hmm. lay down on the sofa or chairs just in case. So I lined her car seat with one. Oh, this was like DEFCON 5 nuclear reaction. This was not happening. And I went, okay, all right, sweetie. If you need to go pee-pee in the car, you've got to let mommy know so we can pull over because if you go pee-pee in the car seat, you're going to get all wet and the car seat will get all wet and you're not going to like that. She said, okay. So I'm leaving with this child for a play date and I have a diaper bag filled with her bathing suit and everything we need because she wouldn't put it on. So this is filled to the brim. And then you have to travel with their little potty when they're potty training. You just, you do. They may not want to use the potty where you, you arrive if you have to pull over. So I'm putting all of this stuff and I have this giant belly. So I keep like bumping into things. Everything gets in the car, finally load her up and we're off. And according to the GPS, we're going to be six minutes late. And I was like, okay, okay, that I can handle. We're driving, we're singing, we're laughing. We're about to get on 270, the highway. And Lila goes, ouchie, 
I have to go pee pee. I have to go pee pee right now. I went, you do? All right, honey, hold it, hold it. And I pull out of the lane to get on the highway and I find the closest neighborhood, pull over and it starts to rain. And I'm like, okay, okay, here's a tree. So I open up the car, I put the, the little potty down, I put her on the potty, and she goes, oh no, I am getting wet. And I said, well, that's because it's raining outside, but here, you're under a tree. So she goes pee-pee in the potty, I load her back, I'm like on someone's front lawn, basically. I yeah. load her back in the car, get the potty back in the car, we're on our way. Now we're like 20 minutes late. I message the mom, we had to pull over, she had to go potty. She's the mom. She's like, I got through it, like, I get it. So we get back on the freeway, and all of a sudden... I mean, monsoon occurs. You know those Maryland rains when it's just like, whoof, and everyone's driving 15 miles an hour because you cannot see. see a foot in front of you. And people are putting their hazards on and going slow. And Lila actually gets scared because she's never heard the rain that heavy in the car. Oh. And she goes, the car is getting hurt. The car is getting <laughs> you hurt. You didn't tell me this. <laughs> and I went, oh, honey, the car's not getting hurt. Think of it as the car is getting a bath. The water's coming down so hard. The rain is so heavy. And she goes, the car's taking a bath, just like me. I said, just like you. And she goes, the car's getting clean. And then she goes, squeaky clean, and starts giggling. It was very, very cute. At this point, there is no reception. The GPS had cut out. I couldn't get a message out. I was like, It was like one of those things. So I had seen where I was supposed to pull off. So I pull off, and the GPS kicked in just in enough time. And the, the rain gets a little lighter, the sun starts coming out, and then I get a text from the mom, and it goes, it's raining really hard over here, should we just reschedule? And at this point, I'm like, F that, I have, I have come this far, <laughs> I'm getting to this play date. And I was like, we're really close, she went, we're out back. I pull up, and Lila sees her little friend, and she goes, it's Naomi, can I go run to her? So I unbuckle her and put her down, and she bolts over to Naomi. So I meet Julie and we're chit-chatting, talking about the babies and she carried the potty and she had done the same training method with Naomi as we had done. She was like, how's it going? So we were having a nice talk and just getting to know each other and the girls were holding each other's hands <laughs> and so running cute. around the yard and playing with balls and they were having their own little conversation. It was so cute. So then Julie's husband arrives and we were all kind of chit-chatting and I think the girls had maybe 30 three minutes of playtime and all of a sudden it comes back it's starting again and julie and i look at each other and she goes i think we're gonna have to reschedule this on a day when it's we know not it's not gonna be storming sunny we know raining like this she's a pediatrician and so she still follows and i respect 1000 percent no play dates indoors especially with covid and now the delta variant and all of these and other lambda. things and lambda and now flu season's getting ready to come and cold so just all this so i was like absolutely but then all of a sudden it starts pouring again. So we're huddled in the garage waiting for a break to, to get to the car. And Lila loves running in the rain. She really does. So she bolts out. And I told her to come back. And Naomi says, Lila, you have to be safe. And she runs out, grabs her by the hand, and pulls her back into the garage with us. And Lila goes, you saved me. You protected me. Thank you. And the mom, dad, and I looked at each other and just went, oh, <laughs> my God. God. So it was still raining, but it had gotten light enough. And we went and got in you the car. You didn't tell me any of this. I didn't tell you that part? No. Loaded back in the car. Uh, Naomi was like, let's play soon. And Lila was like, I miss you. I miss you. Kind of a thing. Like, we'll see you soon. And we drive away. And I uh, let mom know we're on the way home. And it was just before six o'clock when we got back. I, I mean, it, it was literally an hour and 20 minutes. And it was wonderful and exhausting. And I'm like, Note to self, why plan play dates while the potty training is occurring? 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. But gotta get out we, of have house. Another, we have another one tomorrow. So we will just, you know, see how it goes. But that that was the funny Lila story. I just I had to share because there were so many unbelievably, adorably perfect and strange moments in there. It's perfect. It was pretty great. <laughs> it was pretty great. So we'll see how this play date goes tomorrow. It'll be fun. And I hope you keep feeling better. Yeah, I will. And I'm really hoping I don't. Yeah, I hope I didn't give get this to it. you. I really hope I don't. Yeah, didn't you don't get want it. this. No, I don't. And I'm just—I want to heal. Yeah. From you look like you have a stigmata. I know. Look at that. Both arms, just like out the wazoo. But it's all—it's all—it's all part of it. And baby girl in the tummy is doing well. And uh, make sure you check out the countdown. Today put <laughs> seventy-two days to go. Yeah, seventy-two days till due date. Unbelievable! Unbelievable. When this airs, will be seventy-one. Oh wow. It's going so fast. It is. It's going so fast. But yeah, so that was our week. Yeah. Yeah. And I love you. Love you too, babe. And thank you all for tuning in. Like you say. I'm Amelia Myers. I'm Jason Rosenwalk. And, and this, this has, has been, been Married, Married to Hollywood. Hollywood. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Black Lives Matter. Yes. Love is love. Love is love is love. Stop the hate. Please. Mask up, backs up, socially yes. distance. Stay away from each other. Stop this Delta. Stop this slander. Please, for the love of God, Just don't cancel it. our fall plans by bringing COVID <laughs> back. All right. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.